What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Will, Dan, and Chrissy of the band Against the Current over Zoom video. Both Will and Dan grew up together, and uh, they've been playing together since I think third grade is what they said. But Will comes from a very musical household. He started playing very young and wanted to start a band. So when he met Dan and found out he had a, a guitar, he wanted him to learn and gave him a CD of these bands that his older siblings listened to. And uh, they started playing together at a very, very early age. They had bands together prior to Against the Current. Chrissy grew up about an hour and a half away in New Jersey. Dan and Will grew up in New York. And Chrissy comes from a household of music lovers, but no one's musical in the family. She talked about uh, doing Taylor Swift covers and kind of writing her own four chord songs and messing around with GarageBand and Pro Tools. But they all had a mutual friend, Dan, Will, and Chrissy had a mutual friend. Dan and Will were looking for a singer. Chrissy wanted to be in a band, so they were able to meet. Really funny story about how they first met. Chrissy's mom and Dan's mom wanted to get together and chat because they were like 15 at the time. And they get into the history of the band and how... That relationship led them to forming Against the Current. They talk about releasing their first two EPs, the success of those EPs prior to even having a record label, getting signed to Fueled by Ramen, what that was like. They talk about putting out their first album, being able to tour overseas. They talk about being independent for the first time in a number of years, all about the huge tour they have coming up, their most recent song, Blindfolded, and even a new song that's coming out as well. They get into that. You can watch our interview with Chrissy, Dan, and Will on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Against the Current. Well, nice to meet you all. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, my name's Adam, and this is a podcast about uh, you all and your journey in music. And we'll talk about the the new song you just released. And I love the acoustic version, which is incredible. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I always just start off uh, born and raised, and I kind of want to hear like the beginning origin story of the band, and then we'll get into the, the new stuff, too. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we've been a band... The three of us have been a band together since we were 15, but Dan and Will go back even longer. They, they've been a band together since they were like nine years old. Um, oh, I think wow. Will even, yeah, I think Will even told Dan to pick up the guitar. I think that's why Dan did get started. <laughs> yeah, I met Dan in third grade. He moved <laughs> uh, to our town from Vermont. Um, and he was just, you know, he was just a little, little boy in a little polo shirt. And somehow, I don't, I wonder how we became friends before that. But I remember once we were friends, it was like, oh, like you had an acoustic guitar in your house that you've like yeah, that, touched before. But I was like, you should yeah. get an electric guitar. <laughs> the air will start a damn band. Yeah. I was so desperate for people to play with because I started playing so young and like no one picked any instruments up or just like it was too boring for me to jam with them because they just couldn't keep up kind of thing. Sure. So me well, and, I- Dan got the bought a little starter pack and then we just <laughs> did you all grow up in the same area then? Like Chrissy, were you you all were, in- Will were like five minutes from each other, not even. Like we could like walk to each other's like a houses. Mile, a mile and a half down the road. Probably. Yeah. And then uh Chrissy lived like an hour away. Oh, uh, okay. A little more. 
like an hour and a half. I lived okay. in uh, I grew up in New Jersey. They grew up in New York. But like I'm, I grew up like very, very North Jersey. So it was like kind of on the border. Um, so I like I, I wasn't too far. But yeah. So when I was 15, we had like a mutual friend. Um, I was like really, really lightly in music at that point. Like I had just barely begun making friends in like that that were in bands and things. And mm-hmm. one of those friends introduced mentioned like mentioned, I guess, me to Dan and Will and vice versa because they were looking for a singer and I'd never been in a band. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I have such a vivid memory of going into my parents' bedroom. My mom was like reading in bed and being like, Hey, so I met these guys on MySpace. They're so cool. They have their own MySpace page and their own songs. So at the time they had had, they had already gone through like three bands at that point. Yeah. Like they, yeah. You guys had like songs though. And I thought, I thought having recorded songs, like they had recorded their own songs. I was like, that is the, the pinnacle of, of cool uh, mm-hmm. at that point. Cause I had not done that at all. Um, and I was like, hey, yeah, they live. So I met these guys on the Internet. They live an hour and a half uh, away from us. Um, can I can will you drive me to go to go hang out with them? And my mom was like, are you high? <laughs> um, right. But it ended up working out. Like, I think like Dan's mom and, and my mom chatted and uh, Dan's mom drove the guys down to my house first. And like she, our moms could meet and. We played like Taylor Swift songs in my basement on an acoustic guitar and vibed and and yeah. And then like uh, somehow my like I grew up with like not like crazy strict parents, but like pretty strict parents, like pretty traditional. Somehow they let me like go stay at Dan's house in his guest room so we could like we could all jam out over the weekend and like, you know, a couple weeks later. So I don't know. It was like I always think it must have been like genuinely fate because it's so it was so out of character for my parents to say yes to it that i just feel like like the universe must have been pushing on them to to say yes wow or dan's mom was really sweet to your mom or something yeah 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 (laughs) she felt safe with her and (laughs) family well that was the thing too is like i think we all come from like like our families are all really loving like our parents are all really supportive of like music and and they've all just always kind of had our backs so i think like like, you know, I think the mom squad all had like their hands in and we're like, yeah, we're going to make our kids rock stars, you know? That's amazing. Do you come from do you come from a musical household, Chrissy? No, not at all. I mean, like maybe some distant family, like we had some like people that like to sing, but no one in like my family or immediate family did anything with music. You were just interested in it? and they Yeah, I mean, my parents love that. my mom loves music like she's like loves consuming it, but no one played or wrote or sang or anything. Okay. Wow. And Will, it sounds like you started playing really early on. Yeah, I think I I don't know if it was guitar or drums actually. It was kind of because I did I did have a guitar when I was really little, but probably around like three or four, I was just hitting shit. Cause my I grew up around music was always in my house. Um my dad's musical, uh my mom's brothers are all musical. Uh, my my brother was in a band, so there was always like a drum set in our mm-hmm. basement, and I would like sneak down when I was little and fuck around on the drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. And then so you kind of got. It sounds like Dan. Then you got involved in music because of Will. Kind of was like, hey, you have a guitar. Yeah. Let's learn how to play it. Yeah. No, I think is uh, my hockey teammate. It showed me like Green Day, 
And then okay. he actually knew how to play music. So it's just like a nice merging of me <laughs> wanting to play music and then having a friend who is really good at music. And then we just made it happen. I remember giving you mixtapes. Yeah. I would give him burnt CDs of like all like the cool bands. Because like, some of the bands, I mean, Green, what Green Day album? Like, what? Oh, it's like, American you know? Idiot. Okay. I mean, like, that's my age range. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's learn all the scene stuff. I was showing you the real obscure stuff. I mean, we were in like third or fourth grade and I was getting all of my music from like my older siblings that are like 10 years older than me. So okay. I was listening to like Saves the Day and like Taking Back Sunday and like Say Anything. Oh, like, sure. That's like my, I must be at least 10 years older than you guys. And that's funny. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, like there was no, there was, it wasn't in the realm of possibility for any kid my age, at least in my, in my vicinity to have any idea what it was, unless I was like, force feeding it to them <laughs> that's yeah. so funny that's rad though at least you Luckily got the, you loved it and it, yeah you got the homework on those cool the earlier thing, emo bands i had yeah. someone do something similar to me i was when i was 14 because i didn't know anything either and i was a theater kid and i remember this one kid um he was a senior and i was a freshman and like we were in the same friend group not like that though it wasn't like that kind of senior freshman story like just friends <laughs> just okay. friends um but he was like i actually think the band that i hadn't heard of was like all time low i think he was like a huge all time low fan and he was really offended that i had never heard of them and then i i was like yeah i don't know and he's like and then he started listing out all these other bands too i i can't remember what they were and i was like i don't know i've never listened to a single one of them i listened to like classic rock at the time because of my parents mm -hmm. um and he literally made me a handwritten list of like 50 scene bands pop or pop punk scene bands and 50 like heavy bands and was like you need to consume all of this and i remember downloading like every single band's like discography on like Frostfire. like i didn't even use limewire it was really weird <laughs> um and just being like, okay, I gotta, I gotta learn all this. I don't know why I felt like I had to learn it all, but I was like, I felt so shamed that I like didn't do it. So, yeah, well, yeah. Then you got a little music education from this yeah. person. But I feel like I learned most of like all the bands that like we emulate and have toured with and things like that. I've learned from like the guys. So prior to meeting them, you hadn't been in a band or anything. This is this was a, your first venture. No, I picked up guitar at nine poorly, um, but and I also started just like messing around in like garage band and then Pro Tools like a couple years later and trying to write my own songs. But like, yeah, that was pretty much the extent of it. It was just me, myself and I. So I was okay. in kind of my Taylor Swift era. I love Taylor Swift still. I love Taylor honest. Swift too. I'm, but I I'm mean, like, I was in like, I'm so excited. <laughs> I was like, OG, like my like writing, like every song was like four chords and it was beautiful, you know, like, uh -huh. and it was great and it was perfect and I loved it. So uh, that was, that was the era that I was in. But, um, but yeah. And so then you I, all and then had I met Dan and Will. Yeah. So you had a mutual friend that kind of connected the two of you. I mean, that's a, quite the distance. I mean, an hour and a half. They were so, from Baltimore, yeah, so they weren't even they're from Maryland. Yeah, they weren't even like they weren't in Close? between or anything. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. Yeah. Music so, is, is uh very global, you know. Yeah. Was this all just be based of like online or do you know this person? Oh, no, this happened we, to no, we well, actually we, don't uh, know him. We had we had met our friend at a like when we were playing with our old local band, uh when we were kids, and he his band happened to be playing some festival in our hometown. And I think we talked over hairspray at the time. And I I met him through like a weirdly long chain of mutual friends. Like my mom, one of her best friends from when she was six years old, 
has a, had a son who is in a band. Um, and they were so they were like family friends. So I w- went to his shows and I was like, this is so cool. He's in a band. This is what I want to do. He's a few years older than me. Um, became, you know, closer. He was like a cousin to me. And then one of his uh, band members was in I became friends with him. And then he was in another band that was an all male Lady Gaga rock cover band. And then I awesome. so then I started I loved them and I went to a bunch of their shows and that was my friend and then i met friends with the other guitarist in that band and that guitarist was the one that connected uh so it was like a long weird string of like mutual like met a person through a person through a person mm-hmm. through a person that ultimately led to dan and will and then uh, we went to your sweet 16 because <laughs> rad bromance was performing and we were I had all- the, yeah I asked the the all male Lady Gaga cover band called Red Romance. I asked them to play in my Sweet Sixteen. So that's amazing. It was uh, no one got it except for like me and I, the guys. I was like I was stoked, and then like all of my like friend I, friends with 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 quotes because they were kind of like the people I associated with with high school, but we didn't have anything in common uh, sure. for the most part. Um, they were all so confused. They were like, I, I don't get what's going on here. And I was like, that's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the 16 theme song, the MTV one is so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. The show, my super sweet 16. <laughs> yeah. um, so you guys, uh, Will, you and Dan had a band. And did you have like uh, you're playing shows and everything else? And what you needed a singer? Like how did. Uh, yeah. Like, so we. We started a band with like our other like two or three other uh, friends of ours, like our best friends at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, you know, everyone's kind of always afraid to like take that initiative or like, you know, step up and like try to be like a singer. And so right. we were like writing all these songs. We had like a catalog of shit. We we're always writing and practicing, but never like a legit front person. You know what I mean? Like it just never, it never clicked. That's that's what was always holding us back. Um, like, you know, there was a period of time where we had a singer that was like, 10 years older than us, other just close friends that never sang before that were like, hey, give it a try kind of a thing. Uh, so we just always struggled with that. It was really frustrating. And then we okay. met It's like, oh, okay, this is, there we go. There we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. But you being know? like 15 yeah. years old, were you to, to play shows and stuff? Like you would, ha- where, where were the shows mostly at? New York? Like Chris um, would have Gipsy, to go all the way. The Chance Complex. In New playing York. dirty clubs. Yeah. Gipsy. Platinum Lounge. <laughs> uh play new york we played mexicali mexicali yeah, oh, yeah, new, jersey. new jersey yeah mexicali, yeah that's where it all started yeah and you i mean off that first ep you guys had traction like right away right yeah our yeah first we were pretty lucky ever we're with alex Goot, and then when that ep came out we did our first tour the the sink or swim tour yeah whoa we had been doing because we couldn't tour because we were so young we had been releasing like we had been doing stuff on YouTube, like playing covers of like other songs and things like that. So we had actually gotten a fan base already before we could even tour, which is really lucky and and great. Because then when we did tour, like some there were small shows, but some people showed up as opposed to no people. Right. Yeah. To build that fan base online it must have been strange to see, you know, you see numbers on the Internet and then to actually go to these towns that these people are listening from and then they're there. Yeah, That's like a whole different thing. Yeah, it was more it was it was it was wild. And then it was even more wild when we went overseas for the first time. And like we were co-headlining our first shows in Asia ever. And and like people were there and it was just it was the first time I'd ever even been to Asia. And I was just like, holy moly, how did you guys get here? Yeah. 
Wow. So th- this has been, it sounds like this is like your guys' dream going, I mean, to be in high school and, and wanting to tour and do all these things, like this was what you were set out to do, it sounds like. Like, was there, was there like a backup plan at all? No. Not really. I mean, I mean, that's amazing. We're, we're all plan A. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's what you have to do. I mean, to have people together, I mean, it's hard to get a band together that will stay together. And then not only that, everyone kind of in the same mindset of wanting to tour and make this work, especially that young of an age. Yeah, I think, you know, we made some hard decisions really early on. We had started as a five piece and went down to three, even though the other two members were like before we did our our first EP, even though the other two members were our friends, we just kind of recognized from really early on that there was just this mental connection between the three of us where we were all kind of our eyes were set on the same goal. Um, And I think having that kind of alignment is really rare. And it's also really powerful when you have it because um, it's something that you kind of can't teach or learn. It just, it's there or it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If getting people together that, you know, gel and write well together. And then not only that are willing to put the work in and want to tour and and really try to set it up to, to succeed is very rare. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough industry. I mean, especially when you're starting out, it's not glamorous at all. It's not comfortable in any way. Um, it's, it's a pretty brutal industry. Uh, and so I think it breaks a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. so it takes a lot of like understanding of that and a lot of mental fortitude, I think, to just keep going through it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so you guys had put out two EPs before I know you're independent again, which is amazing, but you got, you know, obviously you were on field by Raman for a while mm-hmm. and to get that, to have two EPs out independently and have this band base. I mean, that's huge in a sense that when they come to you, um, was that a big moment to get signed to a label? It was really cool because they were coming to our show. Like they were seeking us out. We weren't sending them stuff. Like press kits first. And stuff. Yeah. So that was cool because it was like, okay, like we've done something that, that turned heads. We sold out like our first New York show, I think. And that was kind of what a a bunch of labels had come out to that show because they were like, I guess it's on their radar. Like who's this unsold band that's or unsigned band that's selling out, you know, this venue. And it was like the smallest venue in New York, but it's still like, you know, it's, it's worth noting, I guess that something might be stirring. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it just, it felt good to just, it, it felt validating at least like we were 18, I think. And it was just very validating to be like, Oh, like, you know, people are paying attention and they're noticing what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, that must have been big. Just your parents getting, you know, driving you an hour and a half each way. <laughs> and then finally it's like, look, this is working. Like not only are the EPs doing well and we're touring and we sold out New York and now a record label is interested. Um, I can imagine yeah. that being very validating. It was definitely important for my family to to kind of prove to them that there is something tangible here. Cause my family was really, really strong proponents of like, go to school, finish your degree and then do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of like, I, I know why you think that like my dad was the first in his family to go to school. So for him, it's like, so and he saw the opportunities that it unlocked for him. Um, but for me, I was like, Hey, I have this thing that's in front of me right now. It's not something I can come back to. Um, you know, when, when the timing is happening right now. Mm-hmm. It will, so. or you or Dan have that same conversation with your family. Was it like, oh, I want you guys to go to college or was that a thing or no? I mean, for me, definitely. Uh, 
like I went to the orientation and everything and then took a few years off and then started like online classes slowly. But I mean, like Chrissy said, like when it's when it's happening, you just have to you have to do it because you don't know if it'll be there in a few years. Yeah. Is it going to be there again in four years or whatever? Yeah. What about you? Well, were you in the same situation? Uh, my luckily, my my brother kind of paved the way for me. Like I said, okay. he was all music. Yeah. So, uh, and I picked it up at a really early age and my parents were super supportive because like music, you know, it's like deep in our, in our blood on both sides. So yeah, really awesome and super supportive always, you know, making sure I had what I needed, like no matter what and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, luckily my brother kind of made all the mistakes first. And then, okay. Um, and like, okay. Yeah. We got another, another one in music. Paved the way for me, but. Oh, that's awesome. That's um, the uh, yeah. Dan and I are both older, older sibling, uh, the oldest of our of our families, and oh, it's so much harder. You gotta you gotta set oh, all yeah. the groundwork. I look at my my brother seven years younger than me, and he's not he's in college, like he's not doing like an un an untraditional route right now. But like even just with the little things, it's so much easier for him. Like the things that I would have gotten like locked down, put in jail for, they're like. <laughs> with him and no I'm big like, deal this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is, i was like and especially be i think being the like you know the little girl versus like you know now he's he's like he's like like well now he's like kind of a man but um i always think of him like he's so little but he's actually much taller than me now um <laughs> but yeah and i'm like i just see it all the time and i'm like this is bullshit like this is i i deserve something in return for all of the hard work i did paving the way for you yeah, for you to not get as much in trouble for doing the same exact thing. Oh, it was so frustrating. That's funny. Well, I like you said, invalidated by signing the you know deal with was fueled by ramen. What would you guys think, or maybe you have different answers to the question? Like, what was kind of after that moment? Like, what would you say was like kind of a, the next big milestone for the band? Probably just you yeah, putting out the albums or. Mm. I mean, I would, probably just the, the touring, the touring yeah. we we're about to do. Because like, just like selling out tour, selling out shows yeah. left and right. We were like, pew, 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 you that know? was the big thing. I remember just always like the two things I wanted um, that I was so confident. I mean, I remember telling Dan's mom which, <laughs> when she was losing faith, I'd be like, Kathy, <laughs> this is me at like 13 or whatever. And I would I would talk to this his mom be like, it's all good. Trust me. Like. <laughs> I mean, I literally, you know, when you write those letters to yourself, like yeah. freshman year and you get it on your graduation day. Oh, so yeah. I told them about that. And we had our first, we had our, uh, this big Asia tour, like our first tour really after that infinity EP. Mm-hmm. And it was like a couple days after our graduation, we were leaving. Like we were maybe going to miss our graduation, me and Dan. Um, oh, wow. And I remember getting that letter that morning and it said, it just had two things. I didn't even write myself a letter. It had two two check boxes, and one said sign a major record deal and tour uh, professionally. And we just signed the record deal. <laughs> and we were about to go to Southeast Southeast Asia, and I forgot I even wrote myself that letter. So that was pretty crazy. That is so sweet. It's like where you're supposed to write down like what you want or like a vision. It was yeah, almost like, like a, like a whole board. thing like where you see yourself <laughs> yeah. what you're doing. And I just made like two check boxes. And I, I remember like, tweeting it. This is like ten years ago now. <laughs> yeah, you're like nailed it. Did both of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cute 
I don't remember what was in mine. I went to a Catholic high school, though. So I remember we had to like, oh, no, we didn't even do that. We had our family write write us letters. And your <laughs> senior you year, <laughs> yeah, in your senior year, you go to like a nunnery. Like, what? Do, I don't know what they call it. What do they call it where nuns go? Like, not is uh, it, wait, uh, monast- monastery? monastery. I think that's the priest what? one. But it's like the it's like the nun specific yeah. version of that. But we had to go there and we had to like stay overnight for like two nights. And it was honestly terrifying and a really weird creepy experience um sounds like it and then they gave us like i know yeah they've got a little yeah you know you know so i remember (laughs) finding like we were all in like we had our own bedroom but it was pretty much a jail cell and you know with a big cross looking at you and like nothing but a bed and a cross and a sink and it was but not a toilet um and i found a book in the nightstand that said tales from the executioner and i was like this can't be what i think it is open it up really vile shit in it and i was like okay and then yeah but anyway so one the la- the second night you go into the church at night with only candles lit don't know why um really was ready to be sacrificed and you read letters that your family wrote you about like how proud they are and like you're of you and you're like supposed to cry and stuff and i was too busy like waiting for like the murderer to come in so um yeah i didn't have the same experience but i like i like wills better i like uh <laughs> I like. I second. I decided it. that the, where the nuns go is just it's the coven. They're, the they're, coven. they're coven because they're a bunch of witches. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, it's interesting. Were they like terrified. trying to convert you all to be like? Here's a possibility for you. You could be a nun. <laughs> I have no idea, but I've never been more dissuaded from something before. It was the most terrifying setting ever. I was like, this looks like something out of like American Horror Story. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Not um, ideal. <laughs> not ideal. Well, recent. I mean, you guys recently announced that you're back to being independent and you've done the news. You have a big tour, obviously, coming up and then you release a, a new song as well. Was it like what was it like kind of being able to do this again, you know, independently or on your own? Um, I mean, I didn't really feel like anything changed from. Oh, really? From Fever. I mean, at the end of the label stuff. Yeah. I mean, from Fever on like. Yeah, it's but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, we just yeah. had a lot, we got a lot more freedom and just kind of like time to uh, to really just figure out what we're doing here yeah. and how we're moving forward and and how to do it better and and more successfully than 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 the last time. You know, we built like a whole new team, just yeah. kind of like handpicked, took our time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's already proving to 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 be like really valuable and it's just it's helping us do exactly what we want um and stress a little bit less and uh yeah all that that's awesome that's really cool and especially i mean you guys have a fan base and you're doing these big things and to be able to kind of i mean i i would imagine like just having being able to release music when you want to or doing what you want to kind of having that freedom would be a bit different oh yeah we have a song coming out in the next couple weeks or something and we turned in the master like a week ago and we're like we're ready like let's do it whereas like the label it's like it's got to be like eight years before the song's gonna be released and it's like and i get it like they just have their processes and it's a mm-hmm. big company if they don't have that they can't run effectively but first first it doesn't work for everyone and for us it was kind of like stifled our our creativity and our ability we like being able to pivot and and do things like as they feel right um so yeah it just feels a little bit more natural for us to do it this way mm-hmm so with uh, like Blindfold is the new one, was that song written 
within that same time period like when what tell me about that song and just kind of what it was about and, and putting that together versus you know and what you have coming up as well yeah that song was interesting because actually the music and the top line came together separately um hmm. i had done a writing session uh where the top line came out over a very very different kind of sound um so it was very like poppy and light and not really fitting against the current and then um will had been working on an instrumental track and i think dan came in and was like hey like i think the blindfolded vocals would fit over this and they kind of tried it out and it worked and like that's kind of how we ended up where it is and uh, obviously we recorded it and everything but mm -hmm. like uh that's kind of how where the direction came from and then conceptually it's really just about which i think is something that everyone kind of experiences in their 20s especially is about when being disillusioned by the thing you always wanted turning out to be totally different once you had it um mm. so kind of the idea playing with the idea of nightmares and daydreams it's like the thing you used to daydream about now that you have it it's actually a total nightmare um and i think we all kind of experience that at all points in our life but i think the 20s your 20s is such a it's such a potent theme where it's whether it's people, your job, like what you thought your life was going to be out of college when you like start really becoming an adult, uh, the real world, your relationships, all these kind of things. You can kind of realize that all the things that I wanted so badly when I got them, they were nothing like I thought they would be. And maybe I actually wish I had never gotten them. Mm hmm. No, totally. I remember having that with job situations. It's like, okay, if I get this yeah. job, my life's going to be awesome. And then you're like, yeah. this thing, this sucks after like two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, wow. So you haven't, you talked about having another new song. Is there more music? Are you guys like writing all the time or like how, how do you navigate that? Not, a, not all the yeah. time. But <laughs> okay. Well, you're touring a lot too, right? Yeah, we, we do have a, we start a lot of ideas, yeah. so we're in the process of like uh, finishing, finishing them right now. Right. So the song that's coming out in like ten days or less or something, we we just wrapped up and we're moving on to the next one. But uh, the process has been started for for most of these songs that we're trying to get to the finish line. That's awesome. But being able to, like you said earlier, just being able to record it and then turn the master in and be like, okay, we're gonna put it out now. Is yeah. that going to be like the formula or like, or do you want to put together like another EP or a album or you don't really know yet? I think we might go song by song. I don't know. It just feels really good because we can get hung up on like the little things. So mm -hmm. I could see this process being, um, being really effective for us. Like if we weren't about to leave for a tour, I, I would already be jumped into the next song and I feel okay. like really good for us. You know, it's just, we, we have one in the bank yeah. We loved it when we finished it, forget about it and move on to the next one and and you know repeat the process as opposed to before uh as opposed to before when it's like you know you you just write 30 songs that are yeah. in a demo form and you're like I don't know like yeah what, like pick, pick through them and, yeah. like, okay we want these 15 or 10 or whatever. Also just like the grueling songwriting process when you're on a label is like they usually just put you in like in session after session after session after session every single day and it's like Sometimes you just wake up and the well's dry that day. Like you got nothing, but like your A&R got you in this session and, you know, you're representing them. And so you kind of feel pressured to be like, all right, I have to write a banger track today. And and I think sometimes like that pressure to make something come out of the day makes you make decisions you wouldn't normally make, which sounds like it can be a good thing. But I think it also can make you really stray from like 
the music that you want to make and is authentic. We have so many songs um, that are just shelved and just sitting in drop boxes that are good songs. They're just not against the current songs. And like you could tell within the first hour of the day, like this is not an against the current track, but like we just kind of have to sit there and sit the whole thing out. And then 12 hours later, you kind of have this finished song that's just going to go sit on a shelf. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you can kind of feel early on, like this isn't going to ever be released, yeah. but we got to kind of fulfill our end of the deal here. I think that's also part of growing up too, though, is, is at the time when you're in those sessions, you're kind of like, you feel like the smallest fish in the very, very big pond. So you're not going to be the one that speaks up. But like now I think if I were in that position, if we're two hours in and like, it's either not working or like, you know, we're not getting somewhere, we're not feeling it or the song's not the right vibe. Like now I feel good saying like, this just isn't the right fit. Like, let's not waste everyone's time today and everyone's mental because it takes a lot to write a song. It's not like, um, obviously it's, it's a great, great place to be. Like, I don't, I would never say like, you know, Hey, writing songs is the hardest job in the world. It's not, we're really lucky that we get to do that as part of our job. Um, it just can be mentally taxing. So if it, if someone, if you're making people sit in a room for 10 hours, like I think I'd rather be like, Hey, let's all just go do something else today. Like let's go work on another thing in the project, you know, Um, rather than just kind of drain everyone's mental sitting there and, and just beating our heads into the wall and being like, we need to make this work today. Like, it's just not how creativity works. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Are you guys, well, real quick, Chrissy, I want to comment just on the fact that you have that song, the song Phoenix, you have it with with Kaylin Russo and yeah, yeah. her dad is a great is a really good friend of mine. Like oh, and I no grew way. up with her. Yeah, her uncle or Uncle John Johnny Grill. And yeah, we That's grew awesome. up in the went to the same high school together. And uh Scott, her dad wrote the intro theme song for this podcast. Oh my God, that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. And I saw that you had this, you did that one song with her. So I was like, oh, yeah, no way. That's yeah, yeah. So wild. <laughs> that was, that was awesome. Yeah. That's actually, I think, the only time I've ever done a track with like a featured, like not feature, I guess it was a, like a co track, but it's the only time I've ever sang with another female artist, which was awesome. So that's cool. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got it. Yeah. No, she's got a great voice and her new album's yeah. out too, which is cool. But um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was like, no way. She's Caitlin. It's so funny. It was really fun working together because we are very different artists, but have a lot of similarities at the same time. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was a really, it was such a fun vibe because there were so many things about like her artist career that I love. And I'm like in another life, I would have w- like wanted to have that kind of identity um and i think so it was just so fun to like work together and kind of like get i don't know i like stepped out of like who i am as an artist and kind of into this like new version for a minute where it was like just the two of us and i was like this is really cool it's like one of the only times i've also done something without the guys which is also really weird too i get like a lot of anxiety whenever i do things without them i get i feel like very like uh i feel like i'm like floating through space <laughs> no that's cool that yeah that's uh just the fact that I saw your name on there's like, whoa, that's yeah, so wild. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe the, you know, that connection. But um, I appreciate you all doing this. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, of course. You have a big, big tour. Like, um, are you playing any cities you haven't played before? Are you any you're really excited about? We're playing a couple cities we haven't played before in uh Latin America. I think we're doing oh, Brazil really. for the first time, um Peru and 
I'm missing one. Oh no, no, the others we've been to. Those are the two new ones. Yeah, those uh, and then and then some Australia. shows. Yeah, Australia cities we haven't done, and I think we've been everywhere else. Hawaii, we Hawaii, Hawaii. Yeah. Well, that'll be cool. To yeah. play a, a Hawaii day. Yeah. yeah. Selfishly, well, we're all so excited for that show. We might not show <laughs> yeah. up to the show. We might just stay on the beach all day. You know. I was gonna say, do you have like some a buffer time of some days that you could hang out there a little bit before and after? I think we got one coming in from South America. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Well, That's again, I appreciate fun. you all. You know, taking your time and and hanging out with me. It's yeah, of course. Thanks fun. for having us. Yeah, I have one more question. I want to see if I can get an answer from you all individually. Uh, if you have any advice for aspiring artists, Who wants to go first, Dan. It's you. Yeah, yeah they always ask. They always. Ask. I know because you always piggyback on our answer, so you got to go first. Yes, just. Uh... I don't even know. I don't even know how I do it now. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, uh, but uh, I mean, you well, so gotta, know that no one knows what they're doing. Yes, you just gotta, you just gotta keep playing. I mean, like those those days we spent practicing over and over again for there n- never to even be a show. Like we were just practicing to practice. Uh, I think that's what uh, lets us do what we can do now. Um, mm-hmm. I think what Dan's trying to say is do it because you love it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what he's trying to say. I, I love, love that. that. That's good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say just tr- trust your gut. Trust your gut. I mean, don't like, you got to listen to people and take people's advice, you know, um, but, but trust, trust your gut at the end of the day. Cause that's definitely something that I lost for years in this process. Um, so I can say from experience, trust that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. How about you, Chris? Oh, shit. Um, guys, those are good ones. Um, trying to come up with something new. Um, I don't know how to say this, but like, I guess just don't be afraid to think outside the box. When we were coming up, we, we were doing covers on YouTube and we got a lot of shit from other bands that quote-unquote real bands as they considered themselves and that we were a youtube band or a digital band or an internet band and like they totally discredited us and i was like we're playing the same rooms you are we're selling the same tickets you are we are streaming the same if not better than you are so don't be afraid whatever's new don't shit on it don't be jaded don't be like hey i hate these tiktok kids you know making songs on the internet it's like technology in the world and everything is going to keep evolving don't be afraid to try something new. You don't have to follow, you know, a formula that's ar- archaic and outdated just because you think it'll get you credibility. Um, at the end of the day, if you if you love what you're doing and you want to get your art out there to the world, there's way more than one way to do it. <laughs>